Podcast. I'm Dave. I'm Rob. And I'm Richard. And this is episode four where we're looking at Court in the Act, also known as the Playgirl Club or Compromising Photos. Probably the more notorious of the episodes, at least in this first run, we're going to discuss. But it went out at 10 pm on Sunday, the 29th of November, 1970. And Wikipedia has a nice little one sentence summary of it here. When the Minister for Trade and Domestic Affairs asks them to retrieve some compromising photos, of her at the Playgirl Club, the goodies have to infiltrate the club. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> and hijinks ensue. And hijinks ensues. Gentlemen, what did we make of this one? Richard? Okay, let's, let's, no, no, let's no, start no. with something simple. No, no, no. Is, I, it, is it funny? I, I was going to say as my initial point, I, sus- I think this is one that it's, it's important more for the, or interesting more for the novelty value. Because it's one clearly that that is quite that is rare in the sense that I I don't it wasn't part of the regular ABC run and it doesn't seem to have been screened in England either until really um, until the Comedy Channel came along yeah or until the advent of pay TV it's um, I, I think probably the most thing I mean look it, it's obviously meant to be a subversion of the idea of the the, of the Playboy Club idea I don't think it's an episode you could make. Now, even with heavy modification, I don't think. But did it make you laugh? In, in places it did. It, it's quite patchy, I think, is probably the thing to say about it. There, there are some quite funny bits in it, but then there are some sort of not quite as amusing parts. And I, I certainly laughed during it. I wouldn't say it was a great episode, though. Yeah, I, I, would, I would probably second most of that. Were there moments when I laughed? Yes. Were there moments when I sort of winced and looked around to make sure nobody was watching me watching this? Uh, there were as well. It was some of it was actually quite uncomfortable, mm. um, I thought. But there there was interesting stuff in there, and I think we can talk about how it changes over the the first and second act. But Rob, what's your overarching thought? It's I don't know whether it's being in you know twenty sixteen being drenched in political correctness looking back and thinking, what in God's name were they thinking when they came up with the whole concept? But it is it is very patchy. It is not particularly funny. The nudity... I'm not a prude, but it is a bit troubling in your sort of comedy show. Um, the so, satire is you are just drowning in it, basically, and I think that overrides everything else in the, in the viewing experience so for me. So it's funny. So it wasn't the nudity I had the trouble with. There, There is one fairly specific scene that, that I had a bit of problem with, and again, it's because what we're... Well, I mean, it's just wrong, yeah. basically. I mean, it's not even because we're drenched in political correctness. Yeah. And, and it's the bit, it's the film sequence where, where Tim and... Gra- uh, sorry, Bill and Graham are trying to yeah. find their way oh, into that, the club. That, yeah. that is... Well, that, is deep, that is just, as you say, that's not politically... Incorrect. It's just it's just wrong. I mean, look yeah. again. Um, it's probably obviously something you could get away with in 1970. Well, because you could see that you could hear that clearly because the audience was basically wetting themselves with laughter. Yeah. Um. And, and, and I mean, look. <laughs> I, I suppose I'm going to say. I suppose you're still in the era. Let's face it. Where you could make stuff like "Love Thy Neighbor," mm. which which really plums other depths of political incorrectness. But yes. So I, I talked about how it changes. I think a bit between the first act and the second act. 
in the first act, I'm just going, this is really actually just quite off, it's quite wrong, I think they're just doing it for mm. the gags. In the second act, there is a more clear, I think, attempt at, at subversion, where they're actually saying, let's take the whole Playgirl Club concept... And, and turn it on its And head, turn yeah. it around, we'll put many of those positions, we'll get some laughs out of it, but, but perhaps make the audience think, okay, maybe this is wrong, if you wouldn't do it to blokes, should mm. you be doing it to women? How they go about that is interesting. And I, it's, I think this isn't the first time with the goodies we're going to have the discussion about whether going down the path of uh, wrong is valid if you're satir satirising the wrong or it's just not right. There are some cases, I think, where they actually do go down the path and highlight some injustices quite well. This one, I don't think it quite works. And in part, perhaps, because the audience is actually too busy just making fun of everybody mm. and doesn't see it, or maybe it's just the material. But I think I could at least see, um, particularly the bit where Graham is in the room alone with the manager of the club and he's basically sexually harassed, if not assaulted. Mm. That's very clearly an inversion of the, the woman staff member being harassed. Yes. And I, I got what they were trying to do. I don't know if it was still working. Mm. I don't think it works because they're playing it for laughs and the audience was reacting that way. Mm. Mm. And uh, yeah. look, comedy can handle and deal with these sort of deeper issues, but I don't know that the goodies is that show. Or Look, I think the goodies can do it. And I think in later episodes they do do it quite mm -hmm. well. I don't think they've got it right here because it really wasn't until, as I said, almost two-thirds of the way in where I've gone, ah, oh, okay... They are actually, they are actually taking, uh, they, they are, they are attacking this. Yeah. And it, it, it was an attack, but you don't see that until the end. And the bit in the middle was just, yes. You have to get through that bit to get to there, and that was wrong. Well, that sequence where you know they're basically engaging in a bit of upskirting and all that sort of thing. All right, you, you're thinking they're setting it up for the last act, but I don't think that the way they deal with it in the last act makes up for the fact that what we're seeing in that section is disgusting. Mm. No, no, I, I would not excuse that stuff mm. at all. No, it, I, I, I simply say I'm trying. I, I get what they were trying to do. Okay, yeah, no, that's but, fair and I don't think they. I don't think they did it well. No, no. I mean, look again. You could argue. Look, I mean, the audience clearly is really getting into it mm. because you know the bit where they're dropping the coin and yeah. then and then Graham goes down into the coal into the coal chute. Yeah. Um, whereas I was just sitting there going, anybody who did that today, you, you would be sacked. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah oh, for sure. It's just, oh, it's just, for sure. Well, it's a criminal act now it's here in Victoria. Exactly. Criminal act, yeah. and then of course it's they go to the old be. mirror on the end of the shoe. Well, you know? I mean, and, and the modern equivalent of that is, you know, these people on trains and trams here using mm. their mobile phone. Their That's right. Um, but then again, Red Dwarf was twenty years later, and they didn't actually do it, but they had a joke about how Lister had a really good mate back in Liverpool mm. that used to put mirrors on the end of his shoes. So, well, let's face it. I mean, Doctor Who, what about four or five years ago, made an upskirting joke. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, that little that, that was one of those little filmed three-minute okay. extra things. But there's the one where the doctor's down; he's working under the uh, Amy Pond standing oh, yeah. on oh, the yeah. yep, yep, standing yep. on the gantry above him, and he looks up and he goes, "Pond, put some knickers on or something." Yeah, and, yeah. Yes, yeah, so uh, there's a reason I forgot that. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, there is a reason. It's not. it's not right in 1970, and it's not right in 2016. No, so, yeah. So if we perhaps expand a bit on the episode, this is. Another in season one that hangs in large part around uh, one, if not two, guest actresses. Now, the obvious one is, of course, uh, Molly Sugden mm. as the minister. 
Now, I know that this is actually two years before Are You Being Served, served. Yes. came out, so she wasn't known for that at the time, but she was obviously a, a, a uh, fixture in British... Yeah, I think she was a reasonably well-known actress at oh, that she, point. Oh, yeah, she, she was well-known, but not for her... No, not, not, for, not for being Mrs Slocum, no. No. Or, or indeed, come back Mrs Noah. Yeah, I was going to go there. <laughs> um, the, the infamously bad... Oh. Um, Episode. I don't, you're look, looking at us blank, Rob. Have, have my you, eyes are glazed. Sorry. Have you not seen Comeback, Mrs. Noah? Is that the, a TV show? Yes. yes. Yeah, I've never heard of it. It's a series where basically Monty Slugden, playing Mrs. Slocum by another name, nah. uh, wins a contest to go into a space station, station facility and accidentally knocks the takeoff um, it's button. It's got two of the guys from an Ain't Half Hot Mum and the um, guy for young guy from uh, Dad's Army. Oh my God. Of the supporting cast and the two guys from um, the, the two officers from It Ain't Half Hot Mum. Famously bad? Yeah. Oh, it's appalling. Yeah. It's, okay. So she, she hits the, the takeoff button <laughs> during the tour. They all go into space and hilarity does not ensue. No, no, it's not. It's terrible. No, it's, okay. it's, it's probably even worse than the one John, John Inman went off to do about the same time where he's um, making rock in Blackpool. So, Yes, yeah, so Molly Sugden. Anyway, Molly Sugden. Molly Sugden. <laughs> How do we think that she performed here? Um, once again, we all seem to be reaching for words on this uh, account. She's the, just there, really. Yeah, the, the problem with it is uh, she's done, obviously, it's meant to be the, the minister, and because she's a woman, she's just a gossipy housewife, you mm. know, who wants to talk about the price of cat food and her neighbours, her friend's dead budgie. Yeah. Um, and how, over and over, over and again. over. They flog that joke to death. Yes, well, I, Poor little Tommy Tucker. I think I'm right in saying that in 1970 there was only one woman in the cabinet and that would have been Mrs Thatcher as the Education Secretary. Although we'd certainly had had Barbara Castle and... As I said, I'll defer to your political knowledge, that's fine. Um, and and um, she's now a Liberal peer. Uh, it'll come to me. There, there, there had certainly been women in the cabinet, yeah. but, but I think in 1970, I think the only woman in Ted Heath's cabinet was Margaret Thatcher. It's interesting that she's the Minister for Trade and Domestic Affairs, mm. which is a nice little uh, yeah. play on words there. It, it is, and, and it's interesting. The reaction they have is very clearly, oh my God, the Minister's a woman. Yeah. Whereas now... Well, of course, I mean, there's the whole setup at the start where they get the phone call saying the Minister's coming to see you and they think, yeah. oh, oh my God. So they turn that they do the thing where they turn the office around and, and make yes. it into a wood panel yes. thing. And then, of course, they, they, want a, they need a dolly bird, so they go and get the inflatable secretary. Yeah, I yes. mean, it, it begins to go downhill for me from that point when the, when the yeah. live doll is rolled out. And the, the, the dolly secretary, I've, I've made a note of one of our topics to look yes. at later, yes. She comes in, and as I said, she's just done us this sort of obviously gossipy, winging housewife. Yeah. I mean, she mentions in there, sprinkles in, you know, I'm still working on the trade deficit figures yeah. or whatever, but it, it's mainly around d domestic affairs. Yes. yes. It's... And a lot of talk about her cat. Yes. Which <laughs> prefigures... Um... Which yeah. prefigures, yes. <laughs> Are you being served, yeah. No, it's... it's um... I mean, she delivers the lines. It's quite extensive speech that she has to give. Uh, oh, well, look, I mean, she, look, for, for all, you know, that she's forever known as Mrs. Slocum, mm. I mean, she is really quite good in, in Are You Being Served, in, in that Are You Being Served is is very much of its time. Yeah, I was watching, I watched an episode, part of an episode a couple of days ago, yeah, it is very much of its time, and very slapdash as well. Mm. It is, but I'll, I'll give her credit that even though the ministry's perhaps not written very well, she does at least have a certain presence in the role mm. and does um, force the goodies to take her seriously. Yes. So so I think she actually elevates a role that perhaps could have been 
not not done nearly as well. And, and the same certainly goes for now. Who was playing? Uh, Liz Fraser. Liz Fraser, yes. Liz the, Fraser, the, the sort of a Mae West type. Yes, who um, I thought actually was quite strong mm. in her role. Well, she's meant to be a strong character. She she she, she yeah, flips yes. the, the the stereotype of the blonde busty I mean, woman who sort of, of have the thing. She clearly, you assume, was actually the one running the place before Tim or, or Mitzi turned <laughs> up and and became her partner. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, it's, I mean, it clearly shows that. I think in yeah. the episode, yeah. So look, we'll probably talk a little bit more about some of the issues with this when we get to our um, <laughs> could you get away with it today segment. <laughs> Uh, but before we do that, we want to take an opportunity here to have a little bit of a side discussion because this episode was known incorrectly, I think, as missing for a long time. It was, but it only exists now in black and white. Now, Richard, you've got some background on that, I believe. It, it, it does. I mean, look, well, it was one... The, the thing, actually, that got me about this, because, again, given what we've talked about with the, uh, with the content of the episode and the, and the themes in the episode... The immediate reaction is there's no, oh my God, there's no way the Australian census would have let that through, which actually is not right. It really did screen here. Um, I imagine it only went for about 10 minutes. <laughs> was it cut? It wasn't cut. Uh, yes, it was cut. It was. And well, what time see, did they screen it? Well, they were first, when the goodies was first screened here, and I think that's maybe a discussion I think we were going to have in a week or so's time, but when it was first screened here, it was screened about 8.30 at night. And no, it was screened here. They cut out, um, they cut the whole scene where uh, Graham and Bill are out in the street there was also obviously the, the, the where Tim's in the shower with the nude ladies, that, yes. that was cut. And there were a couple other little cuts as well. Um, I think where the male dancer is starting to sort of thrust his pelvis around a bit too... Um, He's quite vigorous. Yes, uh, a bit too vigorously, I think that was cut. But th- that really amazed me because when I first saw it, it's an episode that really I don't think had seen the light of day for a very long time. Um, I, I, I still, I'm fairly sure that in my lifetime, which is about 10 years less than yours, still not insignificant um, no was, was not straight no it I, wasn't I it and, and i don't think even i mean i know there was always the issue with the goodies was never really repeated in england but even when they did start rescreening them i don't think it was one that surfaced really and as we said earlier until the advent of pay tv this never made it to the dvd releases oh god no then in that um, case the when i've only watched it the once when i watched it for the first time a few nights ago really because oh. we i remember we had it at a um just as a little bit of background dave and i and, and sort of tangentially robert used to be involved with a couple of fandom clubs uh, doctor who and, and other sci-fi fandom clubs here I, I do remember us screening that at a club meeting once yes um, in the late 90s when a copy first surfaced surface. did you ask all the young kids to leave the room oh there weren't any young kids okay, right. really, i think we're talking 90s doctor who rob there okay, weren't any young right. kids Fair enough. But, but yeah, but, so, so i guess the, the point is because it wasn't part of the abc's regular screen it was line, very much a missing episode it was, it was thought to actually not exist and then when we discovered it was only in black and white yeah that that reinforced that perception that, oh this is a a missing piece of television and, and it was i, I do remember there was a convention I helped organise or was a part of in 2000 where we had uh, Tim Brooke Taylor out here. And I, I remember it was one, because we were looking obviously for filler material, to, things to do while he wasn't on stage. And we did pick some of the rarer episodes and screen them on the big screen. And that was one. And I remember the room, my memory is that the room was absolutely packed because I, I think 90, 95% of the people there had never seen it. So, of course, like, oh, this is new goodies, really. Mm, it's right. almost a bit like a missing episode recovery. Well, and it was put, in, I think, in the same category as stuff like Doctor Who, not only, but also Z Cars, yeah. where, where there actually are 
non-existing episodes. Um, and we thought that it was... There are. I mean, the other really rare goodies one I was going to say was, was the Commonwealth Games one because, again, it was only... Well, that was missing for a long time. Mm. BBC didn't hold a copy and they got the edited one back from here. The, the problem, not the, the the thing with missing missing episodes of television, is that everything that's considered miss, missing has a mistake to it. So regardless of the quality of, of yes. the, the production itself, if it's missing, oh my god, you know. And then when you get it back, it's understandable that you've got standing room only to see something like that. Even <laughs> though, as we're talking about um, the court in the act, it's not very good. No, but the colour copy, I believe, is actually missing. Yes, it yes. is. It doesn't exist in colour. Neither, neither does the Commonwealth Games, and, and technically neither does the Come Dancing or the Wicked Waltzing episode. That was the one they recolorised for the DVD release. Yes, yes. Um, but I think they only held a monochrome. Um, well, they did, and then they found a colour, a very uh, poor quality colour version I'll, in Scotland of all yeah, places. Something, yeah, something, I think, combined the two. Yes, yeah. Um, so the only really truly missing goodies episode is the original version of Kitten Kong, is the only one that they don't hold any footage of. Mm. But a fair portion of that was recycled into the Montreux yes, episode. Yeah. So uh, I think you're only it's only about 10 minutes of material, I think. Because um, uh, uh, they went and reshot. Oh, I was just going to say, they went and reshot for Kitten Kong. They went and reshot. And this is probably a discussion when we get to Kitten Kong. But they went and reshot some of the, a lot of the film stuff in the second half. Okay. Um, the first half, I think, is pretty much exactly as shown yeah. originally. Just Dave's point um, about it being considered missing because it just wasn't screened. I think it's the more interesting thing about it than anything else. Yeah. The, oh, the, the, the material sure. in it wasn't considered suitable for anyone. No, the novelty value clearly is, is really where, where I think mm. this one's appeal lies. Yes. Well, yeah. I, I could remember very, very well getting, for the first time, reading an, a, a, an amateur fan-produced magazine about the goodies, which actually had the proper episode list. It was the first time I'd seen an episode Was that, was that the Matthew K. Sharp The one? Matthew K. Sharp yeah. was produced down here. R.I.P. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Sad, sadly missed. A good good local fan. But that was the first time I'd actually seen a properly compiled yes. episode list. And going through, there were half a dozen titles that I'd never seen, despite mm. the goodies being repeated many times in my lifetime and mm. watching them all. And it wasn't for another few years after that until I actually got bootleg video copies. But for a while, we generally thought these were episodes that didn't exist. And the funny thing is, um, it only exists in the black and white copy. When this was screened, the majority of the UK TV watching population would have had color, uh, black and white sets. 1970, yes. 1970, because the yeah. switchover was only a year was or two before. Bit, so yeah. we're getting the experience in a, in a funny way of um, how the audience would have seen it, most of them, back then. And I have to say, and this is a point that I was about to make, the black and white actually changes the tone a little bit as well. It actually, I think, makes it a little bit more serious and a little bit seedier, I, mm. I, I found, mm. anyway. I mean, you could imagine that the, 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 the scene um, in the bedroom towards the end, the, 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 the decorations would have been quite striking and colourful. Mm. And, it, and the club probably would have been quite garish. Yes, yes. garish. Um, and it being black and white, it's not a, clearly it's not a documentary, but it lends that sort of... It distances you from it a bit. So... Mm. Mm. We might push on to our regular segments then. One, one thing I was, if we're doing the first... Oh, we'll, we'll, yes. We'll, we'll, okay, we'll, we'll do that They're the first. Um, we'll do the I first. was just going to say, well, the only first I think in there is we actually see them, and, and because this one was filmed second, so we actually see them getting their phone. Because remember in the B-Feeders, yes. they had the gag with the old lady downstairs oh, who yes. was going to take messages for them. And they've always decided they can't do that every episode. No, so you have that little bit at the start where mm-hmm. you have the two old, two old guys putting their phone in, and mm-hmm. that's, that's supposed to be what is it, the GPO's um, emergency service or whatever it is. The, um, the taller old fellow with the longer beard clearly misses... He, he's out by a beat on his joke, on his yes. line, which I thought, 
that's amusing. What you said is not amusing. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's a very good example of where nowadays they would have gone back and redone that joke. Yes. But clearly they just yeah. had, had to Dedicated push on. Push on. Yeah. I did notice as well that we have another Tony Blackburn reference. So yes. This being, as you said, the second one filmed would be the start of that whole Tony Blackburn running gag. This, this is not... Uh, I know Tim puts on a, a, a woman's voice in Give Police a Chance, but is this the first time he drags up? It w- well, given in production order, yes, it would be. Okay, sorry. And and I guess we can yeah, spend a minute on that, but go and, on. And, but again, and he's doing his his character from I'm Sorry, I Read That Again. again. Ah, okay. Um, which, which was a bit of a... Certainly by the end of the um, I'm Sorry, I Read That Again runs, that was a bit of a staple <laughs> of, the, um, of the dramas they used to do in the second halves. Uh, any other first? I didn't have any. No, no, I don't think so. Possibly and, the sorry. first unfunny episode, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Ads, I don't think we have this time. Yeah, there's two. There's there? Somewhere in the middle of that, they actually <laughs> found time for ads. I, I didn't actually think either of them were that good, and that's maybe why they didn't make an impression. There was one there, and it's clearly done in the style of the old cinema advertising you know, after you've watched this movie, go and have a nice meal at, at whatever. But it's actually an ad for a hospital, the Omakayam Hospital, where they're looking... I don't think the version I saw had that. Oh, really? No, no I agree with Dave. Really? I, I don't oh, well, no, there is. There is two ads in there. The first one is... Um, and you would remember the old days in the cinema where you used to go... I mean, not now, where it's just a few ads and, and oh, trailer, no, no, trailer go, city. Go, go, go down to Knox, you still get that. Yeah, you, you still get the ads for the local businesses. Yeah, after, yes. you know, if you've yes. enjoyed tonight's show on your way home, why don't you stop at whatever and have okay. a you know a nice drink and a meal downstairs? Well, this was done in that thing, but it's actually an ad for a hospital. And it's sort of done... It's done in a restaurant style, like, we'll make you feel welcome and we'll look out. At, at, I, I don't know. For me, it felt rather flat. The second ad they did was an ad for, it's, it's an ad for sliced butter. So they sort of say, you sick and tired of spreading butter and having it tear your bread to pieces. Yeah, this, you know, we've solved the problem with goodies, sliced butter. And it basically looks like what we would now know as a slice of cheese that yeah. just sits on the bread. And then of course, to, to, to pair that off, they actually have the goodies extra hard bread, which is basically <laughs> like, a piece of, like a piece of plywood or something. And the, the joke at the end is, if you buy five packets, we'll send you a free set of false teeth. Uh, because the, the bread's okay. obviously a wood, okay. a block of wood. Okay. Well, I'll, have to, I'll have to hunt those out. I'd actually not have them in it. I, I, would, I didn't think either of them were particularly <laughs> okay. but Just for the sake of completeness. But just for the sake of you say you've seen the whole thing. Okay, um, our next regular segment. Don't know if you've got anything for this, guys, this week. What couldn't they get away with these days? Everything in between the title sequences. <laughs> I was about to say, I think that's more what could you film now? Uh, I mean, you, yeah. could, you could get away with the nudity. I mean, the women are only shown from the, from, from, from the, from from the, the back. back. Yeah, from the back. But it still has them ogling at them in a way. Well, it is, because uh, it's very much, I mean, Tim, there's the thing where he goes, he goes into the steam room and then he goes into the shower and he's looking at the women and he's like, no, mustn't look, mustn't look, mustn't look. <laughs> You know, and he turns the sh- deliberately turns the shower down to, 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 cold. to cold, so you know he has the cold, the proverbial cold shower. Mm. Yes, uh, look, as you said, Rob, the Dolly secretary whole whole rebound that just yeah. I, I, I really didn't sit right. I did find it gently amusing that as Molly Sugden's ministerial character is talking to the doll, it's, it's deflating. deflating. That that is funny, but. But there's no, nothing sexual about that other than the fact that it's a blow-up doll. But no, no. Um, one liner about it. That the your your yeah, secretary's yeah. gone down or something. <laughs> yes. There's, I mean, there's the bit also where Tim's in the phone box and you see the policeman coming past. Yeah. You know, clearly that he's up to, to some sort of shenanigans in the uh, doing the funny voice. I, I, 
I don't know whether that's a reference to cottaging or anything. Yeah, I, I wonder. I, 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 I took it as okay, something. It's right. clearly something. You know, he, he's, the police officer is just hovering around yeah, waiting for some clearly. sort of illegality to occur. Yeah, he's yeah, obviously okay. some, he thinks he's some sort of pervert. Yes. Or, okay. or, um, look, it's a good example of what we were talking about before the wolf costumes, where they're clearly trying to subvert and satirise and perhaps poke uh, poke in the eye the concept of the playgirl oh, bunnies. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Graham and Billy, the play wolf costumes again didn't hit the mark for no me. it's a visual that no. doesn't work it, no it's, no it's and, uh, just disturbing <laughs> it is and then there's the scene obviously with i mean not that plague girl bunnies isn't disturbing itself i mean the objectification there well it is yeah. and i mean it gets even creepier probably as you have to gets older but uh... anyway yeah, <laughs> yeah so like all, all, all of that doesn't quite work that said in there there, there were quite, quite there were a couple of moments of um i thought reasonable sexual innuendo that actually was quite funny the whole graham oh i'm not used to it no, you're not used to it, are you? That, that, that I must admit, that was, I think, the only occasion where I thought it was quite funny and I absolutely got the satire. I thought the satire, I thought the satire landed that. I mean, there's a couple of bits. I mean, and again, it seems to be Graham. There's a bit where he's trying to get out of the room and he picks up the whip, you know, and he's just sort of like, and she goes, oh, really? And he's like, oh, God. Um, the yeah. other thing that I thought was quite notable in, in, in a similar vein is the bit where the minister says, I hear you do anything. Any time. Oh, at the end, which, yeah. which, considering the nature of the show, the fact they basically—I think that's the whole only time the whole run—they actually make that joke out of their raison yeah. d'être was quite worthwhile. Um, um, but look, it doesn't land. It, I think it's the bottom line for this. No, I, I think it's. Um, I mean, look, I, clearly, as I said, we said the audience is getting into it. So, mate, look, it's something perhaps you could have done in 1970, but it's clearly not something you could do now and it's not really... invoke howls of outrage basically yeah yeah so do we dare say if we have a favorite gag this week i i i had the the visual gag of tim in a dress trying to ride the trandom yes think, yeah, think, yeah that's... just because the trandom is such a wonderful um part of the goodies myth mm. mythos yeah and then he has to the, sort of he's got the, the inflate and they have to sort of push the balloon back on his backside to, yeah. to actually get him on the bike so sure finding something that you to do with that and it was usually quite funny and, I thought was quite a good and if, you, and if you think about it I mean the whole you know the expectation of what women wear and the limiting the physically limiting factor to you know to dresses and stuff like that and is, is shown up in that little sequence it, there it where is. Tim just physically can't get on I'm reminded when I was at started uh, high school and we had a casual dress day and one of the girls in my class come to school in a, in a tight-fitting dress. And it was, the, it was the fashion back in 84, in the mid-80s. Yeah. And I was just looking at her thinking, you can barely walk. You are limited by what you're wearing. And, and yeah. in a sense, what that was happening there with Tim and the Trandom uh, sort of buys that. Yeah, I don't... Uh, no, I don't actually think I had a funny moment other than that. I mean, looking at the, the, the sequence where we were, you know, you, you sort of gasp in horror you sort of give a, i gave a horrified laugh you know the, the, the putting the tying the mirror to your shoes and all that sort of thing or dropping the coins i was only laughing because it's just such an outrageous thing it is i suppose you can say given the the physicality of, of particularly graham i mm. i think look I, I i can't say they make it work because no. it it doesn't now but you can sort of see perhaps what they're going for mm. i guess I mean, my, one of my notes was, "What is Britain laughing at in that scene?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look, I think, I think, I think we've made we've made our points on this one. As we said, well, I think as you said at the start, Richard, a very interesting historical curiosity. Yeah. Not the funniest. The, 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 the other thing is really that the whole plot, actually, the, the the photographs really once they've 
got Tim into the club. There's one line later in the episode where he goes, oh, you've got the photographs, let's yes. get out of here. It, there's actually no, has no relevance to the plot really at all. It, it's just basically, well, they've got him in there. He spent, what, two weeks in the, in the club and then um, Bill has his sherbet vision where he sees Tim climbing on the bed with the women and then it just cuts to the censored. Yeah. I actually thought there was going to be a final joke about how the photographs were something that you weren't expecting. Like, yes. They were incriminating because she was reading, you know... Uh, politically the communist com- manifesto that's, or something yeah, yeah. That's right. yeah, yeah but no there's no joke and i mean the, the final joke well i mean there's the bit where she obviously decides she you know she's going to chase after them but i mean the joke prior to that really is is bill going oh well here how he nobly sacrificed himself mm. so the other two could escape and oh wasn't it wonderful yeah look i mean british tv and and and, and cinema has a long history of you know doing sex comedies perhaps this is something they should have missed yeah, it, it, most, most most terribly we can say it was an attempt at satire that missed. Yes, yes. I mean, it's very um, yeah, sort of nudge nudge, wink wink. Say no more. All right. Well, I think that's it for one of our more controversial episodes. Next time we'll have something I think we can say in a lot tamer, which will be the Greenies. And after all that, it's now time for a walk in the Black Forest. You've been listening to the Goodies Pirate Podcast, the Australian podcast that puts the good in goodies. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please do leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode or your thoughts on upcoming episodes. So please drop us a line by email at pirategoodiespc at gmail.com. Send us a tweet at at pirategoodiespc or find us on Facebook at facebook.com stroke pirategoodiespc. Goodies, goody, goody, yum, yum. my saying so, Minister. I hope you've learned your lesson. Yes, you won't go to a place like that again, will you? I most certainly will not. But then, of course, I don't need to now, do I? Now that I've met you lovely boys, we do anything, anytime.